0: Hello and welcome to Stumble Upon. I'm Austin
1: and I'm Emily. Today we're going to be discussing Alma Dovar's *Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown*. As always, there will be spoilers and plenty of swearing. But if that doesn't scare you, then make a bowl of gazpacho, put on your best 80s fashion, because we're going to be discussing family dinners. Austin, would you like to give us the synopsis?
0: Yeah, *Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown* is about Peppa, a television actress and the people she encounters after embarking on a journey to discover why her lover abruptly left her. So Em, do you want to give us a little bit about Spain and where Almodovar was coming out of culturally at this moment?
1: Well, yes, I would. So Franco had ruled over Spain from 1939 to 1975 as a dictator, and he was not a nice man. His repression of political opponents, forced labor camps, concentration camps, and executions along with wartime killings, led to about 100,000 to 200,000 dead by his own actions. His reign was marked by brutal repression. So what you have here is Almodovar coming out in 1935, beginning his film career,
0: mm-hmm.
1: coming from a place of pure repression yeah. and silence. And as a, as a queer man, he was feeling the effects of this repression profoundly.
0: Yeah, and it, it also should be noted that a lot of the great artists that were Spanish had fled because of franco's repression you have you have an example of uh, of uh, lorca who was murdered by franco's uh, regime by his whose goon squad but you have Bunuel who leaves you have dolly who leaves you have uh jose Larraz who leaves you have a whole bunch of really important culturally uh cinematic and uh, artistic people who just get the fuck out because Otherwise, the monoculture that Franco was trying to instill had no space or room for any other, anything that could be considered other, anything that was questioning anything at all.
1: Exactly. So here we are, 40 years trapped in this regime of silence and repression. And we have Almodovar coming out and beginning his career as a filmmaker and please note that he lost his ability to go to film school because Franco shut it down.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so he had he was com- a complete autodidact. He taught himself
2: mm-hmm.
1: how to make film. And in that moment, as they're as Spain is coming out of this repression, they're discovering that they need to discover speech and imagery for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so he's part of this exciting new wave of of artists who are getting to try things on for the first time yeah
0: i remember hearing a story about his early early career when he after he got his first paycheck he bought himself a super eight camera and that he would show his films at like local stores or or cafes or bars wherever he could fucking get them up and he didn't have enough for uh to do audio tracks at the same time so he would narrate all the characters who were performing on in his films live to the audience's which I think also ties into a lot of the, the playful narration or playful uh, dubbing that takes place in Women on a Verge. I think that it probably is a nod to himself or a nod to his own kind of upbringings that he's now 12 years or so into his career and he can he can start to have a past in which he looks at. But that is something that is really, I think, important to kind of note about this time, at least for him and the work that he was doing of the relationship to the past and what kind of relationship they were having.
1: And the exploration of living in the present. Mm-hmm. I would say that his work specifically is really interesting in the intense exploration of the fleeting present. Mm-hmm. The experience of now, because what was is, is completely rejected. Mm-hmm. So what is, which had been re- what he was, was completely rejected. Yeah but also the past is being rejected by yeah. everyone. And Madrid is this explosion of madness and culture and mm-hmm. discovery.
0: Yeah. and color. Yeah, and and being able to create your own narrative from a null place where you have like where you where you have existed in this void, this void of history of like being a non-person or a non-entity for the first portion of your life or for some people for the past 40 years of their life. Having to choose silence and and non existence as their primary way of life.
1: Almodovar t- discussed how he worked as a telephone technician,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he loved doing that job prior to becoming a filmmaker, which is what he really loved doing, because it gave him an insight into worlds he had never previously experienced. Mm-hmm. So he got to go into the homes of all kinds of people, every class, every type of person. He experienced their interior private worlds. Mm-hmm. And I think you really see that reflected in this very specific film Mm -hmm. with the use of the phone, the phone operator, the constant like the breaking of disconnection, the disconnection of communications. Mm -hmm. Like it's so interesting to me, his his passion for communication and his work as a telephone repair person Mm -hmm. uh, for so long prior to getting into being a filmmaker. I just really feel like that is such a a wonderful little connection.
0: Yeah, I feel like I feel like you can make you can easily make an argument that the reason that he cares for all these small side characters in the film that these people who just show up randomly and have maybe a scene scene and a half is due in part to what you're saying right there which is that he he really enjoyed the time he spent meeting random people that would not be part of his periphery or not be part of the main thrust of his life but you think about the characters in this film outside of the main thrust like you have the motorcyclist and his girlfriend you have the front desk lady to the ho- to the I ap- love
1: the front desk lady to the
0: apartment you have his mother playing the uh the news reporter Is that his mother? I believe that's his mother. <gasps> you have you have all these really small parts like even even the attorney, the the lawyer, the feminist lawyer uh, has a small part, but she she pops. And I think that there's an element of him just being or or the receptionist, the fucking receptionist is so, who's so great. And she shows up in Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down, which is a film I think he makes right after this. And she's it's, amazing. And, and there's just so many people who pop and. In in other films, I'm not going to say lesser or greater films, in other films, these small characters don't matter. They will like, just be part of the background. They, they just are there to shut up and say their lines, which mm-hmm. sounds stupid, but you, you just I don't care. Just say your line. Don't fuck it up. Don't draw from anybody else. And in this, his world is like, no, every single person here is important to hear. We need to hear them speak. We need to have them be part of it. It's a very interesting point to make since you think about the
1: repression of speech under Franco's rule. Of course, of course, would would want to have every character be important and have a moment Mm -hmm. because everyone was silenced. Everyone was silenced. Yeah. So everyone does matter. Mm -hmm. Every voice is important. Mm -hmm. And I love that.
0: Was there something that struck out to you about like the structure of the film to me, like it's such an interesting mash of like a screwball comedy and like a melodrama of the fifties. Like it's like this, just a smashing of these two very, like very symbiotic, but seemingly antithetical art, like uh, archetypes of cinema. Mm -hmm. And like, I think it starts with like, for me, It starts with just the fucking production design of this film, which is so colorful. Like, like I will never, so vibrant. I will never get over the fact that I think she has four couches, but she might have more. I I have. She has eight hundred couches. Like she, she might like there. There are so many moments where you're like, she might be a red flag.
1: (laughs) The amount of couches should be a red flag. Like
0: Peppa is kind of a lot, and she might be. She might be just a red flag. Oh, Peppa
1: is extra. Yeah, she is extra as a fuck Mm -hmm. and those the number of couches is extraordinary Mm -hmm. and that they are layered yeah so you have a one layer of couches and then you behind you have another higher up layer of couches Mm -hmm.
0: i mean i'm here for it yeah but it 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 does tie into kind of the thrust of the of the film like taking the idea of of what then what the title is that these women are on the verge of a nervous breakdown they're on the verge of something like, it could be a nervous breakdown. It could be a change in their life. They're on the verge of something.
1: Spain was on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. Madrid was on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. If you think about that moment was made in 1988, um, there was a heroin epidemic going on. Mm-hmm. There was it just ins- insanity on the streets because, of course, everybody wanted to participate in everything. Everybody yeah. wanted to feel. Everyone wanted to be extra. Yeah. So it makes sense that... That these characters are obviously all of them are on the verge of chaos, mm-hmm. um, as it was reflected in the city itself. Yeah, but also just yeah. Her and let's discuss the interiors. Let's discuss the yeah. chaos of the interior because the interior set design, mm-hmm. I think we discussed earlier, is really the the chaos of their interior minds. Yeah, like everyone is is extra.
0: Yeah, like. You think of, you think of Peppa's house because, so structurally the film has a few scenes that are outside of her house, but the majority of the film takes place in her apartment. Yeah, really in that living room. Yeah, it's very theatrical in that regards. But in that, you have four or more couches, you have a terrace that has ducks and chickens and all sorts of birds living there. Bunnies. Yep. She, she has, uh... She has a a bedroom that she burns her bed in, which was awesome. Which is a yeah, it's a great scene. Like, there's another room. It seems that she is that has a dressing room. She has an apartment that has 2,400 square feet of crazy. Yeah, like it's just all it's all a lot. And
1: so bright. Yeah. So much red. And,
0: and such a nice reminder that the eighties were not a great time for design elements because <laughs> most of the things that are in it are just fucking trash. So
1: many great shoulder pads.
0: Uh, yeah. Oh God. God. <laughs> but it's it's fascinating because like you think about how she handles or interacts with her interior. She burns her bed. Mm-hmm. She destroys her phone multiple times.
1: Breaks a lot of windows.
0: Breaks a lot of windows, destroys her uh her answering machine, like record player, it, well, the re- just the records anyway. Like she, she is haphazardly working through her, her trauma in a lot of ways through her design.
1: Mm-hmm. It's great. I love her smashing things. Yeah. It's very satisfying. Yeah. To watch her smash things.
0: The thing that I I really want to hit on that I think is really interesting and fascinating about this film is how the characters are presented because while they are all on a on the verge of a nervous breakdown all the women the men on the other hand are just kind of weak outside of the taxi driver the taxi driver is amazing mumbo taxi the the aban and his son carlos are really fascinating in how weak and like ruled by
1: the power of boners
0: by the power of boners there's this incredible scene near the end of the film about 50 minutes into the runtime where avon comes to pick up his uh suitcase Mm -hmm. and uh and peppa has taken his suitcase from being downstairs where his son brought it i'm going to give a quick synopsis of this like the scenario in the house absolutely before i get into this so peppa and avon have been lovers for a few years it's, it's not said how long, but it's been a while. Yvonne has decided that he is going to leave Peppa. Mm-hmm. Peppa is distraught. Peppa decides to put her apartment up on the market and move into a smaller place because she doesn't need that much room. She also finds out that she's pregnant. So she's trying to get in touch with Avon to give him the information about her pregnancy and to figure out what the fuck is going on, mm-hmm. just in general. Meanwhile... Bon's son, Carlos, is trying to move out of the apartment that he lives in with his mother and her parents into someplace with his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And Carlos and his girlfriend show up at Peppa's apartment to rent it out of happenstance or... Out of structural necessity, because this is a script, and, every, <laughs> and they're just writing it, and they're like, "Oh no, it's no circumstances; Way it's funnier. circumstantial. It's better if this fucking happens." So they show up, and Peppa figures out has, figures out that this is Aban's son that she had no idea about, even though she's been with him for years. Yeah, never heard of him. It's crazy. Ne- never heard. And so, meanwhile, sucks. Uh, yeah, Aban sucks. Meanwhile, Aban keeps leaving messages and trying to uh in air quotes trying yeah, try trying serious air quotes trying to get in touch with her trying to get in touch with her in the most fuck boy sort of way mm-hmm. possible
1: oh he's a total fuckboy. boy and
0: so he's so, so he's doing all this like work to try to get in touch with her while also trying to set up his getaway plan with his new girlfriend who is this feminist lawyer that Ties into the plot in a different way, which we can talk about later. But anyway, he shows up at the apartment, believing that, at Peppa's apartment, believing that his bag is going to be downstairs because his son has told him that he brought it downstairs on Mm -hmm. a phone call that he had with him. Correct. Peppa, having none of that shit, Mm -mm. has brought it back up to the top floor. And then... After bringing it up to the top floor, collects all the rest of his shit and then walks outside to throw all of his shit in the trash.
1: Yes, it's wonderful.
0: Yeah, and it's just like the structure of the scene, like how it's shot, because at the same time, Avon's ex-partner, Carlos's mother, who has lost the plot, is walking to Peppa's house to confront her about Yvonne. Abon.
1: Thinking they're running away together. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, little does she know. Little does she know. Meanwhile, Back at the Ranch. Structurally, this is amazing. Yeah. There is a lot of Meanwhile, Back at the Ranch. Yeah. Multiple stories happening at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's fantastic. There is a lot of that in this. This is very much a screwball comedy. You bring up the structure. And one of the things Almodovar does really well in this film is blend the genres. Mm-hmm. So you have, you've got your baseline of the screwball comedy, the absurdity of it all. You have a bit of tension and thriller elements with pacing back and forth trying to figure out who's doing what the the Shiite terrorist plot going on here the potential murderer the ex-wife shooting at uh, Peppa uh, mm-hmm. In the in the Mambo taxi, you know So you've got a lot of different different elements happening and mm-hmm. and you see it as well Not only in the structure of the script but in the structure of how they're setting up the shots uh-huh. so at the beginning when a uh, Peppa faints because she's pregnant and and exhausted and all of the reasons uh, she faints when she's doing the dubbing in the recording studio mm-hmm. you have that wonderful like really low angle through her glasses mm-hmm. and so we we get uh, tips tip of the hat from almodovar all the time throughout this film the things are not as they seem mm-hmm. and that this isn't just a straight genre piece like you are going to be seeing a lot of different elements in this
0: yeah and it's a film that knows What it's telling you, because Mm -hmm. that scene that she faints in, she's dubbing a scene for an American film about and the scene that she's dubbing is about two people who used to have passion for each other, but don't anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's not like it's a very like it's a it's a self-referential sort of acknowledgement of what this story is going to be. This is something that they are going to be that these people are going to be living through and we're going to recognize and we're going to notice things about the structure. It's very it's very aware that you're as smart as it is.
1: Well, and it's also uh, giving her a chance to talk to him. Mm-hmm. But it's false. You know, she's not actually talking to him. She, suppo- she was supposed to be dubbing it with him. Mm-hmm. But she slept through it because she had taken the sleeping pills because she couldn't sleep because she was so upset about the breakup. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't able to communicate with him in person. And now she's talking to him through the script and and her heart is breaking again by having to play this character whose heart is breaking. Mm-hmm. And to have his voice being over the the headphones to yeah. her. So she's having to hear him say these things that she isn't getting to communicate with him about. Mm-hmm. And it's it's such a burn. And so you have this happen over and over again, this miscommunication, this yeah. missed communication.
0: Yeah. And it's something oh, that
1: the, the damn answering machine. Oh, the frustration of answering machines. <laughs> just don't know, you don't know about it now. If you yeah. didn't grow up with answering machines, you don't know how yeah. frustrating they are. Busy signals. Yeah. So frustrating.
0: Or fast forwarding through a message to try to get to the end, to the next one. You're like, oh, God damn it. Oh, yes.
1: When her friend calls <laughs> in and he's just leaving all these voice messages. Yeah. Oh, I love her friend. Yeah. Candela.
0: Candela. Is fucking oh! amazing. <laughs> She's so funny. Yeah. Candela is the reason that the they bring in the that Peppa runs into the uh, feminist lawyer because oh. she has had a love affair with a Shiite terrorist yes. who is uh, now planning to blow up a plane or the, hijack a plane? Hijack, hijack a, hijack a plane, plane. plane
1: to Stockholm.
0: Yes. So, it, and she's taken refuge at Peppa's house because everybody, everybody takes refuge at your house when you don't need them there. Yes.
1: Talk about, I love this film because of the way the women are, uh, written mm-hmm. and it's these complex characters everybody's a complex character yeah nobody is not even down to the wonderful front desk lady is is a is just none of them are surface so in complete contrast to bunuel mm-hmm. where everybody was just surface shitheads yeah everyone here has a purpose and a place and mm. and has a, an opinion and and are willing to stake their claim on their opinion. So yeah. the front desk lady, when she talks to Uban and he's like, well, just, you know, don't mention that I was here. And she's like, I can't. My religion does not allow me to lie. And no. I don't want to. And, you know, I wouldn't be here if I didn't have to be like that. I wish it wasn't the thing I had to do.
0: Yeah. And you bring up something interesting with talking about Bunuel in that, because I, I, I imagine that none of these women, none of these characters, period, would know how to drink a martini properly. No. Like they would all drink it the way that the fucking uh, chauffeur drinks it in a uh, Discreet Charm. Yeah. Like, Like none of them would have any sort of understanding or care for the social constructs. Yvonne like, would.
1: He, he, Ebon he would because he would have studied it.
0: He might. I would say he. I think that you're right. I think that he would have studied it but depending on the group of people he was around he would be malleable to the mm. social construct because he is such a A squirmy, whiny bastard.
1: (laughs) But tell me how you really feel.
0: I think he's a great guy. I
1: think you loved him. Yeah, I, you know, like, I, if yeah. I could
0: get him to move in and He'd just like we I could learn something from him on how would, how to treat people. Yes. It'd be he really Jesus. So I would thoughtful. learn a lot.
1: You would be such a better person if yeah. you hung out with Aban all the time. Yeah. He's just, like your best friend.
0: That uh, Aban uh, uh, and his harem of imaginary women that, that, that Peppa <laughs> Peppa dreams?
1: Oh, yes. The whole dream sequence at the beginning yeah. where I guess Yes do you, do you think that's as a
0: dream? I, I I think it can read as a dream. I think it can also read as a commercial that yeah, he was doing. It like
1: had a commercial vibe.
0: Yeah, like it's. Was I, it a blending yeah. of a commercial and her
1: dream because she's supposed to be doing the VO
0: record? No, I I think that there's so much the th- you said the thing that you love about the film. The thing that I love about the film is that it is so, so interested in being, fun and energetic. Mm-hmm. That while I like it. it it's so fun in being interested in, in being energetic that it's amazing that it keeps its its structure in in place. Like compared to something like daisies or or other avant garde films. Oh, that film! someday we should watch that again for this. I and did just, watch it again, and, and just make you just sit there and live live watch it. Anyway, like there's there's an element of like look it up daisies. Like it, it's a beautiful uh, film from the Czech New Wave. Yeah, actually, it is really good. Because everybody gets a New Wave. Every fucking cinema can, gets a New Wave. Because, can we get
1: a New Wave? Can Philly get a New Wave? Yeah,
0: we get. Everybody gets a New Wave.
1: We want a New Wave. Philly New Wave.
0: Yeah, cinema. Is, cinema has like for as interesting and fascinating as it can be, we have really, really limited ourselves in what we have as new expressions. You're like, oh the Japanese New Wave, oh the Czech New Wave, ah, oh, the French New Wave, ah, oh, the the Soviet new wave. Ah 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 You're like cool. Philly
1: new wave. You're like cool.
0: Could you could for something that is so interesting and fascinating and different can we find a different term nope. for it we have one term we have one term and that's all we're gonna Represents fucking
1: do every form
0: of cinema there's one person out there being like <laughs> oh, i hear i hear you have a lot of things uh i'm hitting new wave new wave we're new it's a new wave now
1: i'm here for it <laughs> i'm here for it i keep it simple yeah you know what it's a branding and it works
0: yes and what i was saying was <laughs> that even though uh like even though the film is so full of energy and so like bright in both of its color scheme and as well as like like the energy that's coming in so much great energy it it could feel free to become like our, it could have anarchy like the film could devolve into anarchy really really easily structurally and and character choice wise but a testament to almodovar and and everybody who worked on this film It is so tight Mm -hmm. in its structure that the chaos that comes from the characters doesn't need to extend into the plotting. It's already fucking nuts enough. It doesn't need to start becoming... The film itself works because, I think, it doesn't become like just chaos structurally.
1: So would you say, to compare and contrast with Bunuel, Mm -hmm. um, the, the simplicity of the insanity of Boonwell's piece mm-hmm. where you're just it doesn't it is chaos because the connections they don't make sense like what what is happening we're having mm-hmm. you know the military exercises in the middle of dinner mm-hmm. we're we're trauma dumping on you at while well, you can't get anything to drink that is so chaotic
2: mm-hmm.
1: and this actually and this piece is actually chaotic mm-hmm. and, ins- and insane and energy through the roof and costumes and design through the roof mm-hmm. But the chaos is structured. And yeah. so you're saying that you, you can have one, but not both. Uh, or you I, can have both, but...
0: I'm not sure I would I would go to the place of saying you can't have one without the other, specifically in relation to these two films. What I think is interesting is that they're both as chaotic as each other. One is just through performance, and the other is through... St- subject. Like, subject and, and structure. In Boonwell, he's like, you know... Now we're going to have a scene that is narrated by a character we've never met about another character we've never met who is letting prisoners free.
1: Yeah. And, and what you're saying is also he's, again, we talked about this last time, he was flipping types on their head. Mm-hmm. So your expectation is a bishop would go and absolve a dying man. Mm-hmm. Your expectation would not be he would then turn around and murder him. Yeah. But in this our expectations we don't know what our expectations are we don't know these people so as we get to know them in almodovar's film it's just we are just letting it explode around us it's mm-hmm. just little little explosions everywhere yeah and and we're here for it we're just here yeah. for the ride
0: i i would also say that the hypocrisies of the people are so much smaller mm. like the plot from of the 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 arc that peppa has from dreaming about somebody else's narrative to her being in control of hers is a lot simpler than what's happening in Boonwell but everywhere around it is chaos mm. whereas Bunuel is like no we're going to have this really simple structure people are trying to get dinner that's all they're doing and we're going to have all this nut jobs around this that is going to divert from your understanding or divert from what your attention is being is supposed to be on
1: which is actually really interesting because Essentially, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Buñuel, we just want to have dinner. Mm -hmm. And here's the insanity trying to do that and not being able to accomplish it. For Peppa, she just wants to talk Mm -hmm. to Iban. That is all she wants to do is have a fucking five minute conversation with him Mm -hmm. and tell him what's going on and then see how it lands. Mm -hmm. And she cannot do it. But the difference is there's a resolution. When she gets to him at the end... Mm -hmm. She she finally can have that conversation. He's ready to have that conversation. Let's go get a drink. Let's sit down. Let's talk. I'll catch the next flight. No big deal. And she's like, no, I don't need to. Mm-hmm.
0: Two hours ago, I could have. Mm-hmm. But not anymore. You
1: missed that up. So she has an evolution. So yep. unlike the surrealism of Bunuel, mm-hmm. where we're just in a circle forever in the hamster wheel. Yeah. Uh, Almodovar, is, he's kind to his characters. He mm-hmm. loves them. Yeah.
0: And you think, like, this is, what, 16 years later mm-hmm. or so from, from it. And... And that's the evolution of where they are. Like, it ne- Franco was never going to be out of power in 72. Mm-mm. He was going to live forever. Like, no matter what, even if you knew that he was frail and he was at the end of his end of his time, you're going to imagine that somebody else was going to take power in that vacuum and you weren't going to have a democratic society or a, a release, a, a something that was anti- antithetical to a uh, dictatorship.
1: Yeah, and Bunuel was in his 70s himself.
0: Yeah, so like... Having spent his whole life dealing with that shit, like obviously you're n- that you're always going to be on the road, walking towards mm-hmm. something that is never going to have any resolution. Mm-hmm. Whereas now in '88, when uh, when Almodovar makes this film, there is a resolution to a sense, like mm-hmm. there is a changing of how do you relate to your past, like how like when you didn't have a past before. How can you how can you move forward with a new one now? And I think about that like in in character structure. If you look at the core relationship in the film, you have Abon and you have Peppa, and you have uh, what is the fuck Lucia? Lucia, the ex wife, the ex wife, the ex partner. We don't know if they were ever married. Right, we don't know. Like we, it's never ex lover. Yes, ex lover. So you have three people. You have Lucia who's stuck in the past. You have Abon who is running from his past and you have peppa who is making a transition from the past to her present Mm -hmm. and and importantly i think that that i think that that matters in this sense that it's her changing from being related to a guy her past being tied to a man to her to her future being about herself Mm -hmm. like even in the last fucking scene of the film when she walks back into her apartment after she uh, has stopped the attempt on uh, on Avon's life by Lucia mm-hmm. at and the at, at, at the airport, which is a whole another fucking thing,
1: and stopped and essentially stopped the terrorist attack on the flight.
0: Yes, uh, she comes back to her apartment to a scene in which she's created. She's made this mess. She earlier in the day she uh, made a whole bunch of gazpacho. 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 Sorry. And uh, and put a whole bunch of sleeping pills in it to try to keep a bond. Through the course of events at her house, a group of police officers came over, a telephone repairman came over. She has a bond's son. We have her friend, her friend, and
1: his, his fiance, and his and, his, and f- his mama.
0: Yeah, all there, and everybody but Peppa and Lucia have drunk. The gazpacho, and uh, they're passed out. Everybody's just on the floor. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> love this out, scene so much. <laughs> sleeping for however long. It's such a good scene. But she, like, she walks outside, and what's his name? Carlos. Mm-hmm. Carlos's fiance partner is just waking up from her bout with uh, uh, the sleeping pills. Yes,
1: poor Marissa slept through the whole movie. The
0: whole movie. Uh, though she does have her sexual debut while she is uh, sleeping, she
1: does. So she's no longer a virgin. Yeah,
0: and and as we know by the last line of the film, virgins are such bitches. They
1: are bitches, <laughs> according according to Marissa. Yes, and Peppa. But <laughs> but but back to your point of of her evolution, yeah, of Peppa's evolution, that she sits there in that moment with Marissa, um, having this sunrise, watching the sun come up. Mm-hmm. And just her realization that she loves the apartment. She loves her animals. Mm-hmm. She loves the insanity of those animals on her deck.
0: All the flowers. She loves her view. Yes, like, her view. She her, loves her
1: view of Madrid. And and,
0: and and quite literally, that's fascinating. She loves her view. From this from this position in her life now, with all the things that are laid out in front of her, a, an apartment full of passed out people who will probably arrest her for that action. She loves her view. Yeah. She loves what she's looking at this chaotic life and chaotic day and a half that she has gone through. She loves how it looks to her. And there's something really nice and uplifting about that element Mm -hmm. for the film, especially with looking at all the other things here, like looking at the past, how people are related to that, how she's related to all these people and how they're, all of the things, all the things that have mashed together to create this uh, gazpacho of her life.
1: Uh, <laughs> I mean, if this isn't making you hungry, I don't know what will. Uh,
0: like, it's a great view to have. Like, yeah. And like, then she's get
1: to, she's a new mom, mm-hmm. and she's excited about this next adventure, yeah. and she's not a fugitive anymore.
0: And, 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 <laughs> and importantly, she never told a bond. Mm-mm. he doesn't know. Yeah, who gives a shit what that guy thinks? Well,
1: clearly, uh, from his experience with beautiful baby Antonio Banderas, mm-hmm. he has no interest in being a papa. Yeah. And so she's realizing, mm, screw this guy. Yeah. I can do this on my own. And it's so progressive.
0: Mm-hmm. One of the things that we came across in kind of researching and reading about this film is that there's a lot of importance at this time in cinema and especially for Almodovar's cinema of of living in the moment Mm -hmm. and thinking about the Antonio Banderas character and even the Canela character, how their relationship evolves in the film and living for this specific moment because Antonio Banderas' character, Carlos, cannot keep it in his pants. Like he just is fucking trying to kiss Canela over and over and over again even though his girlfriend is passed out on the goddamn fiance (laughs) yeah fiance is passed out on the goddamn veranda on the on the on on the terrace yeah well he he is just really excited but to experience anything (laughs) all of the ladies but like but there's as you were saying like there's this really interesting line that is being uh Held on to, uh, through the through Banderas and Almodovar, which is, he doesn't feel like a creep. Mm -mm. And
1: granted, he is being a creep, but he doesn't feel super creepy.
0: Yeah, and granted, like it is Antonio Banderas, so that might be why he doesn't feel like a creep. Like so. Little and cute. Yeah, and his glasses are so terrible so and adorable. Like, oh, and, and, he's so cute. And his clothes, like he's dressed so in clothes that are so big and baggy. They're so big. It's yeah. like a. It's like when you see a child dressed up like your dad, and you're like, you're like, what the fuck are you wearing? Child. He is
1: wearing a, t- a button down shirt that is easily four sizes too big for yeah, him. Yeah,
0: that him and Canella could both fit in, and there'd yes. still be room.
1: It's super cute. So but he he doesn't have a creep vibe though. Mm-hmm. because he I don't know it, I think it's like this innocence there's mm-hmm. like this sense of him I mean he is first off it is non-consensual at first mm-hmm. eventually it becomes consensual but at first he is definitely yeah trying to kiss her and she is not interested um which there's humor there and some of it doesn't age well but some of it really does mm-hmm. and um it, it but there is this sense of like inexperience um he's moving in with his fiance but they're they they haven't had sex mm-hmm. Um, and there's this sense of uh, this like inexperience. Mm-hmm. It's like they it's kind of both of their sexual debuts. They're both just coming out into the world for the first time and mm-hmm. experiencing it for the first time. And you get the sense that um, and and Carlos has not met any other people. Yeah, like he only knows his fiance. Yeah, and he's been living with his grandparents and and his mom has just gotten out of. The hospital and it's just all very new Mm -hmm. so there's a sense of innocence i feel like they're the representation of the kids that are coming out under franco and are like
0: whoa well and even candela is a character that fits in that same sort of attitude because she's running from uh being in a relationship with a a shiite terrorist who has taken advantage of her and she keeps talking about it so there's an element of her innocence that's Mm -hmm. also there like She doesn't know what she's doing. Mm -mm. She doesn't understand the actions that she's doing. And it doesn't mean that she should be taken advantage of. No. Like, not at all. And and I don't think the film is promoting the idea that she should be taken advantage of in anything. But that both of them don't know what they're doing is important. It isn't that one is really lecherous and obviously lecherous Mm -mm. and the other one is so innocent that Bambi blushes at her. Like, it's that both... (laughs) It's that both of these characters are incredibly innocent and naive, and they are tr- and they are trying out their futures at the same time.
1: Mm-hmm. They're like 13-year-olds, but as 23-year-olds. And,
0: and the amount of, like, even though he's kissing her unconsensually, uh, without her consent, there's, like, there's a conversation. Like, you can't, like, you really like, are into this, uh, or you don't yes. need to do that. Like, isn't this here? Like I do like it when she breaks into tears. <laughs> yeah, they're having, like, they're having a conversation even if it's an abrupt and short one they're they're trying out how to communicate mm-hmm. with each other it's a screwball comedy right
1: they're it's humorous but there is yes there is an evolution mm-hmm. to their relationship yeah and, and it's not going to end well for either of them
0: probably not though i could also imagine them like in their like in their 70s together still just <laughs> being dumb as fuck well, trying were, to figure things out they are
1: both really dumb yeah which is super cute yeah
0: they, Like, Like,
1: they're both, oh, you're like, oh, so we angels. Like, Peppa is just like, I do not have time for you. And Candela, by the way, those earrings are hilarious. Yeah. She's wearing coffee pot earrings.
0: Yeah. And yeah. it's awesome. Yeah.
1: Uh, also, also when she tries to kill herself and nobody's
0: looking. Yeah. Like, like, it's her, like
1: wait, but she didn't really. She's like, wait, I didn't mean it. Her,
0: her answer to trying to get like people's attention is to try to kill herself but, by jumping off a roof and then losing her shoe she, and uh, and then uh, it's it's really really remarkable. She's like. But,
1: everybody's making these crazy choices yeah because peppa decides with spiking the gazpacho yeah obviously to like drug the ex Mm -hmm. but you know not good yeah not great i mean he's a terrible person not a great idea and then let's just give it to everybody yeah let's give it to the police officers because we got to get out of the situation and and that's and that's in part (laughs) what i'm talking
0: about with the the hypocrisies of these characters are smaller they they seem like they seem more human than what was going on in the Boone Well mm, film. Absolutely. Like, because all these little th- these all these little nuisances or chaotic human nature things that are, are part of these characters' lives is so much smaller. It's not like I'm killing this person. No. Like I'm I am like I am it's comedy. I, I am going to oppress a people. Like mm-hmm. it's those things aren't there. Even when the cops show up. The cops are played with such incredible joy and goofiness. Like the, there's obviously the senior police officer and his junior police officer. They drank their their oh, just, at the same time, at the same time,
1: like in this perfectly staged moment oh. together.
0: Or this, in, or this, in, or the incredible scene when they're there interrogating everybody. <laughs> And the fucking phone operator shows up, oh. and the phone operator's first thing is, "Who are you? Show me your ID." I know.
1: <laughs> not so- to assume that it's the homeowner, <laughs> but everybody has to show ID. I love it. I yeah. love it. Show it, ID.
0: Like it, it, it's it is truly like to be like, okay, so this guy who has maybe two minutes of screen time has more fucking common sense than everybody else. <laughs> who are you? The police. Well, will come on in. Who are you? i'm a phone operator who are you i'm the police let me see your id and he's the one outside and they both show each other id god damn it it's It's so uh,
1: other good moments i love is um when peppa takes down iban's uh suitcase mm -hmm. and his extra stuff and she throws it in the dumpster Mm -hmm. next to the lawyer who's hiding in the car yeah and then the lawyer gets out and puts it in the car Uh uh-huh because she obviously she knows it's his stuff not mm-hmm. knowing that there's absolutely nothing in there that's mm-hmm. worth keeping that like burned carpet and stuff but i love i love that moment i love it's so funny to see her get out be like okay cool get the stuff shove it in the back of her car get hit in the back of the head with the record
0: uh-huh and also admonish uh a bond for, for hiding for hiding in the back in the the fucking phone booth yeah it's like she's <laughs> so wonderfully hypocritical in that
1: oh the, but, and, and also, it's just the, let's talk about the phone for a minute again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to circle back to the phones. Mm-hmm. The the use of the phone, the misconnections, the leaving of the voicemail, the changing your voicemail, mm-hmm. the I'm leaving for one minute to go throw this outside. And that's exactly when this person calls me when I've been trying to talk to them all day. Yep. And then you're back in there and you can't, and you're like, God damn it. Just like that tension, that constant tension of missed, communications Mm -hmm. is so fun and just very much of that era it's always nice to kind of watch a film and and just feel that tension again that doesn't exist anymore right like the best you can do is your phone runs out of battery and you can use with that but otherwise it's just you don't have that kind of missed connections Mm -hmm. too often these days so i just i love how much it Constantly is because of it pulling her back to her apartment. She's she does go out and look for him for a little bit, Mm -hmm. but mostly she has to keep coming back to her apartment because how else is she gonna connect with him? Because she doesn't know where he is. Right.
0: And what's amazing about that scene, for all her searching, he's in the phone booth outside her apartment and she 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 walks right by it.
1: Oh, and that scene as
0: he's leaving a message on her recorder as she's throwing the shit out. And the incredible hypocritical moment for the, 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 the fucking feminist lawyer. When she sees Peppa walking towards her, she ducks herself in the car only to admonish fucking Iban uh, for doing that from his uh, first first partner.
1: Oh, yeah. They're just all doing the same thing. Yeah. But also that, that lush scene right there that you just mentioned of Iban in the phone booth is just a beautiful shot. Mm-hmm. Because first we see her walk past with his stuff. While he's leaving the voicemail and she throws it away and we watch as the lawyer hides from her mm-hmm. and then we see her walking back to her apartment and we see Iban like hiding from her. Now seeing, I don't think he sees her in that moment. He's still on the phone leaving her the voicemail, but in the very far distance you can see his ex-lover mm-hmm. starting walking down. Yep. And so you have all three in the triangle mm-hmm. in that one shot, nobody seeing each other. Yeah, And it's just awesome for the foreshadowing of what about what it's about to blow up. Yeah. And we don't we assume the cops are going to show up, but we don't. But we know she's about to show up Mm -hmm. when the doorbell rings. And then the cops are right behind her. So funny.
0: Yeah, it's it's so wonderfully musical in its staging. Like it's the only scene, I think, in the film that is scored just with the music that's being played, as you find out later on the on the record. But like she comes down and the music plays it mm. swells and it's so beautiful during this whole sequence mm-hmm. yeah it, it yeah it's it's fucking great
1: i would love to talk about the interior design of this film mm-hmm. and how the chaos of the interior design i mean it is chaotic in its number of couches mm-hmm. but it's also just so <laughs> vibrant and and as you said energetic
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's so reflective as well of the interiors of the characters okay. and not just i would say not just interiors of the character themselves that's in their place mm-hmm. so it isn't just like oh it only reflects peppa's interior it really reflects everyone's yeah. insanity and i think that's so fun i love the idea of using your set design to reflect your own interior yeah like i think about uh, we we've talked about it before only murders in the building mm-hmm. such a wonderful show highly recommend but in that film, this this in that piece, the sets are so beautiful, mm-hmm. but they're also very same, same. Mm-hmm. And that they're all gorgeous but very similar. Everybody's place looks kind of the same.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We won't get into it too much right now. But in this one, you just it's it's like, what is happening on mm-hmm. the inside of these people? Yeah. Oh, I can actually literally see it. Yeah. There are ducks and roosters and chickens and yeah. bunnies.
0: Yeah. And I I would also say that. While we don't spend a lot of time with other people's interiors, like we don't get to see Candela's house more than just her leaving quickly.
1: Right. We just see a little brief bit.
0: And we don't really get to spend much time with Lucia's house But we do get to see her with her parents, Mm -hmm. which is a really fascinating thing that I'll pin in because we should come back to it. Absolutely. Everybody kind of takes to Peppa's house. And Peppa's house not only reflects her state of being, but it also reflects everybody else's. Everybody who enters into her world. And maybe that's why there's so many damn couches because she knew everybody was coming over because everybody has a place to crash. Yeah, um, even though most of them sleep on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so what I was get, what I think I'm getting at is that everyone gets a chance to engage in their internal life through Peppa's house, mm-hmm. which is kind of how Peppa interacts with everybody like Mm -hmm. she flirts with every motherfucker who comes through her house
1: everyone i love it
0: like her flirting knows no bounds and she's great at it she's so good at it no one should shame her for it nope like she's great at it like well well done peppa
1: get it peppa yeah
0: get get all of the shit that you want to get get it Mm -hmm. and so like everybody's welcome into this chaotic world that she has created and then everybody inhabits it very soon into their time there carlos and candela are feeding the bunnies, like helping water the lawn. Like they're mm-hmm. doing shit. They make the gazpacho later. They add more sleeping pills. Yes, because they needed more. Because it totally didn't work before on his girlfriend. Oh my God.
1: She had a few sips <laughs> right out of the pitcher, I might add. Now yeah. I know this is a bit,
0: I'm but, a little. No, but, but, but even that, like she takes to the house and acts as if this is her own. Like mm. in that same sense, she she just is like, no, 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 no. I, I can do this. Hang-ups or not. I mean, about.
1: I feel a little tense about that because I was like a little bit of COVID up in my... Oh, yeah. I don't feel comfortable with you drinking straight out of the pitcher. But
0: well, we also know, Emily, that you just go around to people's houses drinking out of their pitchers and putting them back. Like whatever's Absolutely. in it. You're like, I don't care. I'm lactose intolerant. Doesn't I'll just matter. put this in me. I'm sure this is fine. <laughs> Normal. But like, ev- like it strikes me that everybody gets a chance to just... Engage with peppa's house Mm -hmm. as if it's their own space they all comfortable yeah they all feel very welcome there and i think that that kind of chaotic design that is in the place fits Mm -hmm. that attitude like everybody has something that makes them feel at home there Mm -hmm. and that crazy that they all are on the verge of
1: Yes, her best friend puts on Peppa's clothes. Yeah. Hey, I need to change. Mm-hmm. I hope it's cool. And she and says, you look like, be- yeah, hey, you look better than I do. It's yep. yours. Keep it. Yeah. But get, but you better keep your shoes because I don't have any in your size. Right. It is great that her shoes are enormous. Yeah. Um, and. It's awesome. You're right. Everybody just kind of settles right in. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Carlos is reading her mail, which is like super creeptastic if you yeah. think about it, if you extract yourself from it and you're like, ew, dude, what are you doing? But then you realize like he's learning about his dad. He mm-hmm. doesn't know anything about his dad. So he's like seeing this romance from his dad and he and this woman is like, I love you. you. You are the best thing that my my ex has ever done mm-hmm. like you are my family now yeah. and so he's getting like he says his mother doesn't want him because he, he reminds, her. reminds her too much yeah. of iban and so here he's being embraced by this woman who's young and vibrant and mm-hmm. and unbeknownst to him is about to have another baby his little brother or sister mm-hmm. and so he's getting a family yeah and so in that you do see why he takes to it so quickly because yep. it's something he's craving and mm-hmm. he's a little baby Antonio he's so
0: cute yep his next film would be, uh, his next film with Almodovar would ruin that. Cubicle. Yes, we're not going to talk about that. We're yeah. only
1: going to worry about adorable baby-faced Antonio Banderas. Yes, 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 yes. We'll, we'll do that another day. <laughs> yeah. An- a- a- another <laughs> Don't day. It. Don't break it. No, 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 But you brought up that you were interested in discussing um, Lucia and her parents. Yeah. And, and the world there.
0: Yeah. Like, the thing that I think is, the thing that I love about that scene is, again, it's dealing with the past and dealing with the present. like So when we first meet, meet Lucia, like she is getting dressed to uh, try to find a bond. She's going to go to his apartment and try to find him. And she puts on a wig and makeup. And I have to say that the wig makes her look so much older. I know. Like, she's, like, she's this beautiful woman. And then she puts on this wig. And I'm just like, what the fuck, man? Between
1: her wig and her makeup, like, you're like, why do you ate yourself up by 20 years? But maybe that's the point. And,
0: and, her, and her mom is like, we should have thrown all this away. And then- her dad comes in and is like, no, what harm can it do? He's very supportive of her. And what's interesting to me about that is that I think that we're supposed to take away the reverse of what is said. That the mom is right. She should throw away all that past. She mm-hmm. should throw it all away and there should be, like, she needs to get rid of this past. And the dad's saying, what harm could it do? This makes her happy. And then basically telling his daughter that he loves her. His love is actually corrosive because it's allowing her to continue to be this person that is disassociated from her true self or from the world at least stuck in the past yeah it's where where being too kind to somebody does no good for them over a long period of time because like she should move on mm-hmm. from avon she should be moving forward with her life but she is stuck with this vibration that he gives her this this the shock or however she describes and it.
1: The memory of him.
0: Of not even his voice, or not even his face, but his voice. Yeah. Like that it just reverberates. Hearing the words that he's saying reverberates. And when I think about this, I think about trauma in general. And I think that in relationship to all the other men, save the taxi driver, her, Lucia's father is acting in the same way. This like passive meek no just let it be like let the rock the boat yeah like don't make any waves
1: don't change anything yeah like so you see them as kind of a representation of franco's dictatorship it's like don't rock the boat let's just stay the course don't look for something new
0: i would i wouldn't say his dictatorship i would say the collaborators of the mm. the people that accepted that ruling idea as mm-hmm. truth and were like no oh, this is fine
1: this is good enough like
0: you know what like i've got enough I, I don't need more. I don't need to have a full life. I can just have this one. And let's just be fine with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. And I definitely think that you're right in saying that the representation is of moving forward is essential. Mm-hmm. So discarding the past, especially with everything they had been through, mm-hmm. to embrace this new self, of course, it's scary and terrifying, especially to the people where the patriarchy works for you and your benefit. So, yeah. of course, that's who's going to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's going to be scary, but exciting for all the people that it is not embraced by that. Yeah. So yeah, I love which speaking of people not embraced by the patriarchy. Yeah. Mambo Taxi Driver. Yeah. He's amazing. Which
0: like he is so obviously queer. He's so. He's
1: he, Almodovar, don't you think?
0: Uh, Yes. Like Almodovar has his hair cut later yeah. in life. Yeah. I think that's him. Yeah. Oh, he's
1: so funny yeah. and sweet. Oh, and his taxi's amazing.
0: Yeah, it has everything except for eye drops. And he's really sorry about that. But the next time he drives, he has eye drops.
1: I love it. And I love his joke of like, oh, we keep getting together. My wife's not going to trust me. And he's so
0: genuine. Yeah, he he gives a real nice heart or allows. He actually, in the scene where Peppa first, first gets in his car and he's crying and she's, is it the first time? Yes, when, no, oh no! S-
1: the second time when she's crying, yeah, when and she's, she's going to see the lawyer, yeah, and, and he's crying,
0: yeah, and it—even though it's used for kind of comic effect, there's something really empathetic about how he interacts with her mm-hmm. and allows us to see her in an empathetic way and a not like a shrew way or not a like someone who is holding on to something that shouldn't be done. Like she's not, she's given a layer of humanity mm-hmm. because of her. Because of him, because mm-hmm. of that, because of those scenes, I don't think I don't think the film works as well if he doesn't have as big a part.
1: Mm-mm. He's wonderful. Yeah, but I also like I also like that when they're going to the airport mm-hmm. and uh, Lucia is shooting at them, mm-hmm. that he's like, no, no, yeah. mm-mm. I this is not this is I drive a taxi. Yeah, I'm here to get you places. I I've got your back. I've got everything provided for you in the back seat, but. We are not, you are not shooting at me. And I love, I like that when he gets, he does get her there Mm
2: -hmm.
1: safely, but then he's not there to drive her back. Like it's not this thing where he stays and he's, he's running in with her and he's protecting her. He's like, he does his job and then he's out. Yeah. And I think that's really cool because I think too often we have like, we do drag the smaller characters in. To give a bigger part. We drag them in to make them bigger and more important to the story than than they would be. And I think he's just just perfect.
0: Yeah. In a much worse movie, he would come in with Peppa, as would uh, the the girlfriend of the biker. They would both come in as Mm -hmm. well. Uh, Like, we would have this little party of people around Peppa as she does it. Yeah. And she would have an audience. Instead... Which is really important, I think, to the whole structure of her character. She is alone yeah. when she solves the problem. Yeah, because she- her
1: flatmate or her neighbor goes off to find her. Yeah, wh- and worries about her own boyfriend. Yep, who is kind of taken hostage.
0: Yeah, by by Lucia.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, and yeah, she's and, alone. And Peppa stops Lucia from shooting Vaughn and the feminist lawyer which i just like saying i know you like saying i'm not
1: sure why she's a feminist but i love that they call her feminista.
0: i i I kind of think that they're i think that they're making fun of women who present that they're there for uh, for other women but Mm. are not but who like if you think like her character quickly is presented as uh lucia's Lawyer Mm -hmm. who then has an affair with Iban
1: and she loses the lawsuit and she loses the lawsuit. (gasps) This this
0: woman like the like it's such a joke. I feel in the film that that she's the feminist lawyer because she's not there for women. She's She's there for her fucking self.
1: Oh, so she's so you think she sabotages the lawsuit against Iban because she falls in love with him to make sure that uh, that Lucia loses that case.
0: (gasps) Yeah, I I think. I think that she's... No, I think you're totally right. I think that she's just there to make fun of uh, of women who are supposedly there for other women when we have Peppa who is obviously there for all the women that are she in her life.
1: so many people's lives.
0: Like, she's even there for the feminist lawyer. Like, yeah,
1: she did. She saves her life.
0: Yeah, and she asked for nothing in return from any of them other than to fuck right off.
1: Well, that's... And that's... I mean, isn't that... Isn't that the goal? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to have a horrible breakup... You that at the end you're like I saved your life and I don't even care what you have to say.
0: Yeah. Peace. <laughs> Jog on, motherfucker. Right. It's
1: so. It's such a baller way to end. To be yeah. like, yeah, it seemed like I was super into you, mm-hmm. but guess what? I'm not. Saved your life. Bye. I'm going home to my amazing apartment. Don't ever talk to me again. Lose my number. Yes. Also, by the way, I'm having your baby, but I'm not gonna tell you.
0: Yep. Yeah. It, it, it's. So great. Yeah. I love that.
1: No, that's great. Mm-hmm. In contrast to the feminist lawyer, mm-hmm. who sucks, yeah, we have Peppa. And we discuss how she's there for everyone. Mm-hmm. But what I love about her character is that unlike many traditional female characters who are portrayed as caretakers, mm-hmm. what you have is Peppa, who is super fucking annoyed mm-hmm. that everybody is trying to come and talk to her right now and needs yeah. her. And I found that really, really refreshing Mm -hmm. because too often women are portrayed as like the women, you come and we will drop everything for you, whatever you need. You are the most important person in the world. I... I'm here to be your vessel of mm-hmm. fill in the blank. And I love it. I love that Candela is constantly calling her and leaving her these ridiculously annoying long messages. And Peppa's like, Cool, I get it. You can stay here, but please just jog on because I need to go deal with my shit right now. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's eating me alive. And I'm just asking, I don't know. I'll help you in a bit, but mm-hmm. just jog on. And she does like refocus and help her friend when she's after she tries to jump off the roof. But she's also like, but, you know, I still got to deal with my shit. Mm -hmm. And I just really like that. Yeah. Because it's so empowering to showcase women being like, no, I have shit I need to deal with. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to deal with it. But I'm also going to help you because I love you. And I am going to be there for you. But it doesn't mean that it has to be my 100%. Yeah. And I love that. I think that's really empowering. Mm
0: -hmm. I don't really have anything to add to
1: that. Because it was such a great statement and I'm so perfect.
0: Yeah. I think that she's a really like she's an aspirational character for for writers in the sense that she she doesn't just sit down and become a, a mother hen for anybody, Mm-mm. as you're saying. Like it's just like she's just she's she has needs, she has goals, she has a plan of action, and she's not gonna get sidetracked by this bullshit that's mm-hmm. on the side. Like nope. she is so wonderfully drawn. Carmen Mara does an incredible job with the performance, regardless of all the shit that went on beyond behind the scenes with her and Omodovar and that their working relationship breaking down on this film and them not working together for eighteen years. Like it's
1: Yeah. I guess they weren't talking to each other by the end of the
0: movie. Yeah. So like what
1: happened? And
0: and, and really, like to some degree it doesn't fucking matter. That doesn't matter. Because like the film stands up. Like they they both were incredibly professional enough to do the shit well. Yeah. And absolutely. And
1: I just can't imagine. Yeah, I can't it, imagine trying to film with an actor that's so mad at you. They're not talking to you. Yeah. I'm so blown away yeah. by both their both of their abilities to be that angry and still execute this perfection. Mm-hmm. But also to show up every day and be professional and get it done, even yep. if whatever went down behind the scenes yeah. isn't great. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I love Peppa. I think Mm -hmm. Peppa is a fantastic character. And it's really, really nice to have a film run by such an interesting, uh, flawed human character. Mm -hmm.
1: We screened this a couple years ago um, at LaTage here in Philadelphia, where we got to do this movie night once a month. And we would screen movies that we thought were amazing. We wanted basically all of our friends to come watch and I'll never forget sitting in the audience that night when we screened this and just everybody laughing so hard, mm-hmm. so much laughter, so much joy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was just, that was my favorite screening Yeah, was when we did this one because I just was, I knew it was funny. I think it's funny. I laugh all the time, but I didn't know how it would go over for the audience. And it, it was gangbusters. Yeah. And it was such a joy. And I think that's what I love about this film mm-hmm. is at the end of the day, even though all this crazy stuff is happening, it's just a joy. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. And like you said, at the end, the, Almodovar loves his characters. Mm-hmm. So they get what they want. Yeah, She wants to be at peace. She wants to be happy.
0: She wants to have an answer. And she gets it for herself. She does. She finds it on her own. Yeah.
1: On her own terms, she figures it out. Yeah, She doesn't need to be lied to anymore because she knows the truth. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I think she's... They're, and they're all happy. They're mm-hmm. all happy, mm-hmm. even Marissa in yeah. her in her sex, sexual debut. Yeah, in her dreams. Yeah, they <laughs>
0: they they're all on a different path now mm-hmm. than they were at the beginning of the film. Yes, and what they were headed for was something awful, and what they're headed towards now is something unknown. Unknown. But it's not gonna be what it was. But
1: they're in charge of their own destiny.
0: Yeah. They, and I love that. Yeah.
1: So shall we discuss um, some stumble-upons next? Yeah. Like, do you have anything you would like us to stumble upon?
0: I do. In fact, you reminded me of this as you were talking about our our time at LaTage when we were screening films. My favorite film that we ever screened there was a film called To Be or Not To Be by Ernst Lubitsch, which is just the best comedy. It's also a comedy in the same sense that Women on the Verge is a comedy. Like, it's... It, it, it hits some topics that you're just like, oh, shit. Like, I can't believe I'm laughing at this. Like, it is the funniest World War II invading Poland actor troop trying to infiltrate a Hitler show that you'll ever see. Like, it's like it's amazing. It's it's really clear that uh, that uh, uh, Tarantino had seen this film and ripped it off for Inglorious Bastards. It's really clear that Roberto Benigni was like maybe I can do better with uh, Life is Beautiful and frankly he couldn't. N- neither of them hold a torch to this film. No, nope.
1: this film is a masterpiece. It,
0: it is it is really funny. It's really it's heartfelt. It's hilarious. It's like it's just an incredible film. Like it's really really funny. It has the last performance by Carol Lombard, mm. before she tragically died in a plane crash, She's she was so funny. She was so fucking funny. Like, mm-hmm. there are so many really, really good quotable lines in this film. That like it also co-stars a really young uh, Robert Stack. If you liked uh Unsolved Mysteries back in the day,
1: oh yeah, for our true crime fans.
0: So. Uh, it's a, it's an incredible film. Like Absolutely. It, to like, be or not to be. It, it's it's one to show for the holidays to make your parents confused.
1: <laughs> but also to make them laugh. Yeah.
0: Because it's so
1: funny and unbelievable.
0: Unless they don't was, like comedy.
1: Unless they don't. But it is unbelievable that it was made during World War II. When you watch it, mm-hmm. it was made during World War II. Yeah. Go watch it. You're going to not regret it. It's so good. Yeah. So I have something to recommend, mm-hmm. which we're stumbling upon next, by the same director. Lubitsch and this was one of his earlier films made in 1933 called Design for Living another example of a screwball comedy that tackles a subject you certainly don't expect in 1933 which is basically polyamory Mm -hmm. Um, two best friends fall in love with the same woman Mm -hmm. and she falls in love with both of them yep and basically they come to terms with being like this works for us let's do it yep And it is really funny. It was pre-Hays Code. Yes. So we actually could still discuss sex, Mm -hmm. which apparently for a long time, cinema was like, what? You can't.
0: And you could actually use the word sex Mm -hmm. in a film.
1: I know. So it's really, it's one of those films where this old 1933 black and white film, you are not expecting the subject matter to be what it is. Mm -hmm. So jump in and enjoy it. Yeah. It is really funny. Yeah. I highly recommend. Yeah. Well, thank you
0: very much for listening to this episode of Stumble Upon With Us.
1: And as always, you can find us on Instagram at Fishtown Films, where we'll let you know about what's coming up next, what we're going to be discussing next in the podcast, um, where you can slide into our DMs and let us know if you have any requests. Mm-hmm. And also where you can see what we do behind the scenes as a small indie film company.
0: Yeah. And and also feel free to jump into our Vimeo page and see some of the work that we make as filmmakers as well.
1: Mm-hmm. The link will be in our show notes today. So thank you all for stopping by and listening, and we hope you guys have an amazing holiday. Enjoy your family dinners. Take care. Bye.